Welcome to season three of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your weekly go-to business and marketing podcast that's fluff-free to the point and filled to the brim with actual strategies that will help you to grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Katrina Arrington, and I'm a six-figure business owner turned business coach and marketing strategist on a mission to empower women all over the world to turn their dream business into wild success. And I'm not holding back. So if you're ready to make more money and more impact, you are most definitely in the right place. Oh, hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're coming back, you know the drill. Welcome back. Happy 2023. I hope you had an incredible holiday season. Whatever you celebrated, however you celebrated, you are welcome here. I took a minute to pull back and really be with my family and be super present. It felt so good. And now kids are back in school. We are full steam ahead for 2023. I'm really excited about it. And I want to talk about what I see coming up, what trends I see, what's happening in business. What are people talking about? So perhaps you've already mapped out your plans for 2023. Maybe you haven't. I'm going to venture to say most small businesses are working on that still. So it's a great time for us to talk about those trends as you build this out for yourself. It doesn't matter when you're listening to this, by the way, we tweak this stuff all year long. So we're going to talk bigger than social media planning or what platforms you need to be on. We are always thinking about those things, but I want to go deeper with the trends. You'll see what I mean in a minute and talk about what your brand is shaping up to look like and what people are actually caring about these days, right? Because those things actually dictate so much of the social media stuff and where we're showing up and how we're showing up. But if we don't understand what people actually want from us, what those trends look like, then we're just living in reactionary world. And that is no bueno. So I have so much to say that we wrote this out as a two-part episode because these are incredibly important points and I didn't want to skip over stuff. So you have two episodes out of this and you know I like to keep it kind of shorter and sweeter, so we're going to try to do that. This episode, to reiterate, is all about marketing trends for 2023 that will create brand loyalty. We are not talking about creating more revenue in the short term. We're talking about brand loyalty, which creates long-term recurring revenue. Cha-ching! Like that is money, right? But I don't want to talk about how you're going to get money in a launch today. I want to talk about how do you make more in 2023 and beyond. That comes from brand loyalty. So this is a big word, brand loyalty. And brand loyalty is not a trend. Brand loyalty has always been around. But what I want to talk about is the trends that are going to allow you to have more brand loyalty. And brand loyalty is really way more important now than it ever has, even though it's always been around. And why? Because brand loyalty was a function of how much friction we experience by changing brands. What I mean by that is... 
when we used to change brands, it was like really a headache and so hard for us to figure out how we would do that. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Don't worry. But today for us to switch brands, there's virtually zero friction because of how much access brands have to us and vice versa, as much access as we have to consumers. So the friction that we now can create is the loyalty. That is kind of a big statement right now. But I'm going to explain this in an example. So think about this. Like 10 years ago, you were using a brand of laundry detergent and this applies to every business type. You are the laundry detergent in this example, okay? Doesn't matter what you do. Laundry detergent is just the example. You're using a brand of laundry detergent. You know where to buy it. You know the aisle it's going to be on in the grocery store. You know the smell of it. Maybe your mom used it. You really had no reason to change what it was. But that was 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, the idea of changing laundry detergent would probably feel a little bit daunting. You would have to really be like, okay, this is something I want to make a concerted effort to do. You would maybe ask family and friends. You'd walk down the detergent aisle, read labels. You might buy one and end up hating it. And then the second one, you have to like go through the whole process again. Maybe it gives you like a skin reaction. That's happened to me before. And before you end up like returning to your original brand, you're frustrated, right? The friction to changing the brand was a lot of time, probably some wasted money and a good amount of effort on your part because we didn't have information as readily available as we do now. And brands advertising to us the way that they do now. We would see it on TV. We would see it in magazines. But the access points now are kind of like never ending. If you want that information, it is so accessible to us these days. So remember this before you know, you had personalized Instagram ads dropping into your space. You search for something and all of a sudden it's all over your feeds right? That did not exist before. So today, if you're thinking about changing detergent brands, you would likely Google it. And there is probably like a YouTube video that you're going to watch that's a minute long about the detergent that solves every problem you're experiencing. And you can find that brand on Instagram. And likely there's like a 25% off code or free first trial that you can apply right there on Instagram. So within a matter of like minutes, you have a new detergent that's getting shipped directly to your door and it's going to be there in two days. The friction that you experienced in changing the brands today was like 12 minutes of your time. That's crazy the difference between what it was a few years ago and what it is today. And this is all new, you guys. So This is happening across every single industry, service, and product. The access to this information and the ease of the purchase is really exciting, but it's also alarming, right? Because our question of like, are people going to leave us? Are people going to find something better, faster, stronger is always kind of in the the back of your mind, right? So this big shift to why brand loyalty is so freaking important. It's always been, it just hasn't been something we paid all of this attention to because the friction was already there. We didn't have to do anything to create it. So 
you want, and frankly, you need your customers to be obsessed with you so that they stay forever. And you're creating friction that is emotional, right? Because we don't have the friction of them having to go to the store or whatever it is for your brand. We have to create emotional friction. So that's what we're going to talk about. How do we create that emotional friction? How do we create that loyalty, that forever element of our clients so that they just are always with us and throughout their lives? How can we create a longer lifespan? So these four trends that we're going to be talking about today are mind-blowing and are specifically the most important marketing and business trends to help you to create that brand loyalty. And this is really what should be in all of our minds right now. There's a lot of things that are on our minds, but these are the four core things that it boils down to. So the first two trends I'm going to talk about today, and then the 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 next set of trends, second set of two, I'm going to talk about next week. I am going to have a workbook available to you if you cannot wait, and I'll I'll share that with you at the end of this episode. Okay, so number one, at the heart of everything, we should get like a drum roll, right? Drum roll is customer experience is at the heart of everything, and I mean everything. And we're not always looking at this from the right lens We're going to look at it from the right lens today. There are many, many, many reasons that customer experience has to be at the heart of everything. I'm not going to be able to get to all the reasons why. But what we used to see in business as an end goal was the sale, right? So we see this when we talk about funnels. A lot of times the funnels will end. If you know what a funnel looks like, the end point is the sale. But that's just not true anymore because... The sale, if that's the endpoint, and we're not thinking like, how do we stay um, in front of them and and keep them as a loyal customer beyond the sale, then they're just going to switch brands at that point, right? They don't feel that brand loyalty, but how do we do that, right? How do we create that beyond the sale? And that's through their customer experience, not just when they make the sale, but afterwards. And a lot of people do change brands because their brand doesn't focus on loyalty, so they don't feel connected. So I'm going to give you an example. And think about this in your life, because I bet this has happened to you like 25 times also, but I'm obviously hyper aware to all of these things. And I went to a new hair salon probably about a year ago now, and the overall experience was really good. Like I love the smell. I love the decor. It's beautiful. They gave me a coffee, like super luxe experience when I walked in the door. And I had a nice chat with my stylist who happened to be the owner of the salon. And then, you know, you go through the whole experience of them coloring your hair. If you color your hair, you know, it's like a really long time that you sit in the chair and you're chatting. And then she moved me over to someone, someone else who cut my hair because she doesn't cut hair. So I go over to the person who's cutting my hair and I immediately feel like this like transaction. She hands me off to that person and there was no like, I'll come check on you afterwards. You just bonded with this person for like three hours and then she just drops me, right? And I'm paying attention to this feeling that I'm experiencing. 
and cut my hair. And then I go over to pay my bill. And um, the, uh, the, I don't want to say the amount that it was. It was more than double than I typically spend. And I do spend a good amount on my hair because I only go to the salon maybe three times a year. And I had asked for a quote before. So I knew what it was going to be. And this was way over what they told me. So I was super shocked. And this was a, a very high number. And I felt really awkward. It's like a weird feeling to be standing there and feel like I was getting taken advantage of even when it was happening. So I did pay my bill. I did. They did a great job. My hair looked great. But what happened was I paid the bill and I literally just like walked out by myself. I went to go give the owner a, a tip and she was busy talking to her next client. So she literally just like waved at me and I felt in my body shame. So interesting how we experience that emotion when you're handing over money, which is an exchange of energy, and you're not getting that feeling back from them. So when I left, although I liked my hair a lot, I remember sitting in the car and thinking, let's see if they reach out to me. Like I feel really yucky right now, but I'm going to give them a little bit of leeway here. And let's see if I get an email or a text or anything to follow up with me. No one asked me if I wanted my next appointment. No one asked me, like, she never came over and said, what do you think about your hair? This is like a big deal in that world. And here's the thing. The experience a person has, I really want you to tune in to this part. And the the experience a person has with your business is the experience that they remember. I'm going to say that again. The experience a person has with your business is the experience that they remember. In other words, it's just perception. So the last few minutes of an interaction are typically the moments we remember the best, unless there was something like crazy that happened, right? Like a mariachi band came in. So as someone is leaving or getting off the phone with you or getting off of a Zoom call, It is essential in those moments to make them feel very connected to your brand. Wow. Like that's really big. So needless to say, I never went back to that salon. I never even heard from that salon again. And I think about that experience a lot when it comes to my own client experiences because I bet that salon thinks they're doing a good job, right? And they're probably wondering, like, I wonder why people don't come back. But The important thing is that if you're a stylist or a baker or whatever it is, your specialty is that thing, right? It's your your hair sales. You're probably amazing at it. And you think like everyone will just come back if I just have amazing haircuts and do color really well. Maybe some of them will. However, the thing that actually brings people back time and time again is their experience and brand loyalty. Their experience kind of dictates the brand loyalty. So while your brilliance is the product, yes, you have to focus on the client experience so they don't leave for the next baker or the next hair salon down the street. I literally found a hair salon in the next week by looking online and searching their Instagram feed. The friction to change brands for me was about 30 minutes of my time and I probably saved like a lot of money every time I go, right? So that's kind of how I think of it. So 
All of that to say that client experience is at the core of absolutely everything, and this is going to create brand loyalty. So focusing on what this looks like in 2023 for you and up-leveling it in every way possible so people feel something throughout every point of connection with you from beginning to end, but there's no end. There's no end anymore. The sale is not the end. The sale is the beginning. Okay, so let's move on to trend number two. I could stay in trend number one for a really long time. I'm going to move on. Okay, before we continue, if you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen. That just means you're going to get access whenever we release a new episode totally for free. And while you're at it, please, please write us a five-star review. It takes 10 seconds and it is game-changing for this podcast because more people can find it. And as you know, we are on a mission to help as many entrepreneurs as possible. Okay, thanks. Bye. Trend number two is, it's a little confusing as I say it. I'm going to explain it. Don't worry. Aligning marketing and sales because these are one in the same these days. So. What does that mean? In the old days, old days being like a few years ago, sales and marketing were really separate. And you would see this a lot in the corporate world, two different um, departments, right? In small business, they're not necessarily different departments, but we think of them as different. So if you market a product or service and then someone calls or comes into your shop or whatever, the selling begins, right? Like that's where you might feel the shift, but we know better now. We know now that people are making decisions well before they even are making decisions. They Well before they're in the sales process, they have made a decision. So a good example that most people will be able to relate to is a car dealership. So my personal hell, you feel like you go into like a twilight zone when you're in there. So you probably know before you even walk into the car dealership that you want this car meaning you really want this to happen, right? So you might be going to three car dealerships and like pricing them out, but you know the one that you really want. And if everything lines up properly, that's the one that you're going to get. You already know that somewhere, maybe subconscious, it might not pan out that way because they don't have the right car color on the lot or something. But the point is in your mind, you would have bought that car in a second if the other variables lined up. And the variables would be the color of the car, the cost of the car, um, you know, whether, I don't know, you get the idea. So the point is though that marketing did its job and already sold you the product. So now the sales, if it's like choppy and they're like, oh, we don't have it, that's not on marketing, right? Marketing sold you the car because it made you feel like this was the car that you wanted. This is the car you felt most connected to. So this is the power of marketing, right? And especially today because we have more access to consumers directly thanks to social media and email marketing and funnels and all of those things that we really didn't have just a few years ago. So it made sense for them to feel separate before. And now like where one ends and one begins is super blurry. And that's the point. So today 
we see that your marketing structure can actually do most of the work because they are one in the same. So in order for your sales to be fully aligned with your marketing, let's go through what that actually looks like, like real examples of that. Because I know this can feel a little bit um, cerebral almost, like you're pulling something apart from your brain and it's not concrete. So sales and marketing alignment can help your company become 67% better at closing deals and can help to generate 209% more revenue from marketing. That is crazy when it comes to the numbers. That information I pulled from HubSpot, by the way. So what does that look like? How do we actually align marketing and sales, what does that even mean for your small business? So here are four examples of what that actually looks like in practice. Number one is audience segmentation. So your email marketing should be segmented and maybe it's already segmented. You can always do better. So when you sell to your email list, certain products, upsells, you're not selling to everybody. You're selling to certain clients. Maybe it's people who have already converted, right? You should have several lists, not, not everyone at once. That's not to say if you're if you're sending out like your your podcast, for example, that can go to your broad list. But audience segmentation means you're not trying to give everyone everything all the time. That is going to feel really not personalized. Okay, so that is a great way for you to align marketing and sales because you're going to send when you sell certain things, you're going to send it to a certain audience segmentation that makes the most sense, which comes from your marketing. Number two of these examples is marketing and sales processes that are automated. I talk about automation a lot when it comes to your marketing so that your client is getting invoices on time, for example. And if you were to upsell them, the processes are already in place. So it's not like this super clunky thing where they're getting multiple emails and a call. You've definitely had those experiences, right? Where um, I had recently, we put new uh, window coverings in our house and um the person who came to measure everything sent us to the next person. That person had like data missing and we got so many extra phone calls. Anyway, it doesn't, it should all speak to each other and should be as automated as possible so that the person on the other end, the consumer, doesn't feel like it's so clunky and taking so much work from them. Number three is using the data that you're actually getting from marketing so that you can make better sales. So for example, if someone is opening and clicking on your email links consistently, those are hot leads, right? If someone's opening every email and you can see that they're like clicking through to the next thing, which you should be able to track, those are hot leads and those should be treated totally differently than you're treating a cold lead. For example, hot leads, you could invite them to something that you're doing in person, right? Versus a cold lead that you're like, I could use that marketing dollar to invite them, but why would I do that when they're not even opening my emails? 
Okay. Number four, know your actual goals. So what are your sales goals for the year, for the quarter, and how can marketing help you get there? That is something that needs to be written out, planned out, thought out, talked out. What are your marketing goals? How are you measuring that? And how will sales help you to get there? Right? So these things are best friends, holding hands, very commingled, not sure where one begins and the other one ends. By bringing these areas together, you're improving everything you're doing in your business and most certainly your bottom line. So those are our two trends for today. I know I talked through a lot of things. I want you to digest those things. And next episode, we're going to have the next two big trends for 2023, way beyond your social media basics, because this is at the core of what really matters in today's modern marketing. Your homework, I'm going to give you a little assignment, is I want you to think about how can you improve your customer experience? What does that look like for you? Every single person can improve their customer experience. So what are the ways that you're going to improve it? And think about how you can better align your sales and marketing. If you want a full breakdown of all of our 2023 big picture marketing trends, I have the full list for you right now. You don't have to wait until next week. And it's in a worksheet so you can jump in and start on your 2023 big marketing plans. The link is in the show description and it's on my website at katrinaaronson.com backslash marketing trends. So that's how I see it through the marketing lens. I hope this episode helps you to grow your business and your perspective. Thank you as always for trusting me with your precious time. I will see you back here next week for a brand new episode. Make sure you are subscribed so that they just drop into your playlist. See you then. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, take a second to share this episode with someone that it might help. Maybe that's a fellow entrepreneur or a team member or even your mom. But the absolute best thing you can do is to screenshot this podcast on your phone and then put it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Katrina Aronson underscore consulting. By sharing this podcast, you are helping us to grow and most importantly, helping to lift up others around you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you more than you know.